What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Thursday, October 22nd, 2020. And guess what, y'all? We got a World Series. The Rays bounced back last night with a 6-4 victory over the Los Angeles Dodgers. A good game, a much better game than Game 1. And I'm I'm surprised by this result. Because, it, look, I, I said this, I alluded to this on yesterday's show. I said that... I thought Game 1 of this year's World Series was the worst Game 1 of any World Series that, I've, that I'd ever seen, dating back to when I started watching World Series, which was Marlins-Yankees back in 2003. I thought it was the worst Game 1 I'd ever seen, but as yesterday went on, as I thought about it more, I think it was quite possibly the least competitive, most boring World Series game period that I'd ever seen. And I this is not my first rodeo. I understand that Game 1 of a series is not always a reflection of the kind of series that we're going to get. I understand. I've seen that too many times. You know, I've seen the Tigers win game one only to lose you know, a series. I, I know how this goes. But when you have a game in which the gap in talent is seemingly pretty apparent, when you have a game in which one team was seemingly comatose, I mean, Kershaw shut them down, but they seemed lethargic, the Rays seemed very tired, and you have one team that was seemingly surging in the Dodgers, it does give you some cause for concern, but one thing I've learned watching the Rays, especially over the last couple of years, the Kevin Cash era, is they are a remarkably resilient bunch. Like we talk about how they incorporate analytics, we talk about how good their manager is, we talk about what they're able to do on a shoestring budget, and that's all great. But what they have, and what I feel like another low market team, like say the Oakland A's, another competitive team, might not have, is there is a grit and a resiliency to them that a lot of other teams just just don't have. And it's the reason why the Rays find themselves in this position. They win only their second World Series game in franchise history. The last time they won a World Series game was also Game 2 of the 2008 World Series. There they beat the Phillies. This time they beat the Los Angeles Dodgers, evening the series at one game apiece. Let's talk about it. I'll start right away with something that just in general frustrates me about all of baseball. It's not just the Los Angeles Dodgers, but Tony Gonsolin started for the Dodgers. The Dodgers used seven pitchers in yesterday's ballgame. Now, I understand that the circumstances have kind of forced them to play their hand a little bit. You've used Urias out of the pen. You've used May out of the pen. You just had a knockdown, drag-out, long NLCS against the Atlanta Braves. I understand that, you know, there's a lot of guys who are tired. You know, you can't use Walker Bueller. He pitched on Saturday. You don't want to pitch him on short rest. I understand all of that. But I think I think a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers, a team with the money that the Dodgers have, I, I just, uh, it bothers me that they're using an opener in game two of the World Series. Like, is this the future of baseball? Maybe I'm at my age of 25. Maybe I'm becoming the curmudgeon. Maybe I'm the guy who's watching these games and, you know, shaking shaking his cane, shaking his stick at all the kids who step on his yard in his neighborhood. Like, maybe I'm that guy now. I don't want to be. I don't think I am. I just think, like, you are playing with fire, relying on seven, seven different guys to have their best stuff, in my opinion. Like, I, I thought last year's Nationals maybe started a trend, and obviously the pandemic's changed everything, you know, guys weren't as fresh, you know, coming into the season, didn't have as many reps in spring training slash summer camp, uh, that, that's fair, 
but I thought maybe last year's Nationals would start a trend, and really even the every team. That's the thing, and I'm sorry to ramble here, but that's the thing. All these teams try to outsmart everyone else. They say, okay, let's let's be strategic. Let's use five, six, seven different pitchers in a game. We don't need our starting pitcher to go more than three, four innings. We can make moves and, and play chess, and we can win that way. What bothers me about the Dodgers, and I think the Dodgers are a great team, I think they're a great organization, is that they incorporate and use analytics like a small market team would, but they do it without understanding the fact that they don't necessarily have to. Like, you look at the lineup and the pitchers they have, there's guys on that team who would be good facing any batter, and yet they're doing this whole we'll take it one batter at a time approach. You have guys who you should have more faith in. Like, Dustin May wasn't good yesterday, but he he has lethal stuff. Tony Gonsolin's been very good for them. I don't know where Julio Urias is. Uh, is I, I guess, is he pitching Game 4? Are they saving him in Game 4? I just I feel like they could have just gone straight from Gonsolin for 2-3 innings right to May for 2-3 innings, and that would have been fine. That would have been a little piggyback start. I can't believe I'm saying this, but one team that I think has actually done this kind of piggyback start thing well, and I'm not saying it's been successful, but the idea of it I appreciate, I can't believe I'm saying this, has actually been the Tigers. Like, I remember last year in 2019, they were doing that kind of Verhagen, Daniel Norris piggyback start, and they were giving them, between the two of them, like six, seven innings. And I was like, all right, that's that's an interesting little concept. It didn't mean anything, I know I'm rambling. The point I'm trying to make is that it just bothers me. I I think at some point, I don't know who it'll be. Hell, maybe it'll be the Tigers. Uh, Maybe it'll be Mize and Manning and Scooball each going seven innings in the the postseason. But at some point, someone's going to have a team where they realize that they can get ahead by just having great starting pitching. If you have three guys in your rotation that can give you six innings a night, that is a, a massive advantage as, to, as opposed to having to rely on six, seven guys to give you their best stuff on any given night in a postseason game. I think you're always playing with fire. And I think that's what got back to him last night. Last night, I thought Dave Roberts overmanaged. And, and I don't think Dave Roberts is as bad a manager as some people make him out to be. I think he's definitely overmanaged in two different World Series, and I think he's gotten outmanaged in two different World Series. You know, you could say what you will about 2017 with the sign-stealing scandal, but he made some decisions in that series that, that cost him. And 2018, definitely. 2018, absolutely. You can make the strong argument he lost him that series, or at least helped uh, put that series away with his over-reliance on Ryan Madsen, pulling Rich Hill out of the game in the seventh inning when he was dealing. He's made some questionable decisions, and I felt like he did again last night. On the other side, you had Blake Snell going for the Rays. Blake Snell's a good pitcher. He's been okay in this postseason, 3.86 ERA, but he's a very frustrating pitcher because Blake Snell has unbelievable stuff, and he won the Cy Young in 2018, and I thought I thought he was going to take off. I thought he was about to become a top 5'10 pitcher in all baseball, and he hasn't. And we've talked in the past about how the Rays do a good job of developing starting pitching, and they do, but given their chess-playing abilities, let's say, with, with the constant pitching changes, I worry that sometimes these guys get held back a little bit. And the comparison I make, and again, look, uh, my complaints don't mean anything because the Rays are winning. They're in the World Series. They they even the series yesterday, so what I'm saying, it doesn't mean anything. But the comparison I make is to two quarterback systems in the NFL or in college football. I think there is a psychological impact to knowing that you have another guy constantly breathing down your neck, and if you make one mistake, 
you could be pulled up from the ballgame. I think it's kind of been that way with Ray's starting pitching. Now, with that said, despite my complaints, I thought Kevin Cash made the right decision pulling Snell when he did last night. He was starting to lose it. Command was, has always been kind of an issue for him. He walked four again yesterday. I still think he probably could have gotten that final out, but he went to Nick Anderson, who gave up one run but got the win. Fairbanks gave up one run, got a hold, Aaron Loop, and then um, Diego Casillo came in and closed it out. A very efficient performance by that Rays bullpen. You know, you saw him bending, and you felt like perhaps the Dodgers were going to make a push and come back and win that ballgame. Uh, they didn't. Rays bullpen held strong. You've seen that pen throughout this postseason, a pen that they have relied on so much during the regular season. And, and even in a 60-game season, you're seeing them already start to show some fatigue. You're seeing that bullpen bending a lot, just not quite breaking. Struck out 15 Dodgers yesterday. That is really impressive because that's a Dodgers team that is as good as anyone in baseball at not leaving the zone. So that went by pretty fast. When I come back, I'm going to continue to talk about uh, this very exciting game two of the World Series between the Dodgers and Rays. I'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we are back. The big performance yesterday by Tampa Bay came from their second baseman, Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau, who's been so good for them over the last two years, was two for five yesterday with two home runs, a two-run shot, and a solo shot. He was he was awesome, and that's big for them because he'd been struggling a whole lot, and there were people who were angry that they weren't moving him down in the lineup. You know, I, I understand that stuff sometimes. What's weird is, like, what people don't get is that throughout – an entire season, throughout a 162-game campaign, even the best players will have like five, ten-game stretches where they're awful. It's just that the season is so long and that by the by the next week, you forget they even had it. Everything is magnified in the postseason. So if a guy has a bad three-game stretch, people say, oh, move him down in the lineup, move him down the lineup. I think Kevin Cash is well aware of the fact that this is an incredible talent. He kept him in the number two spot, and he was phenomenal for them yesterday. Also having a big game was Joey Wendell, one for three with three RBIs. That game was a microcosm of how dangerous the Tampa Bay Rays offense is. No one in that lineup individually that scares you, and yet top to bottom, good at bats, 10 hits, only struck out seven times and drew four walks. That's about as efficient an effort as you're going to get from the Rays offense. For the Dodgers, you had Corey Seager going deep again on a home run that he crushed to center field that me and a whole lot of other people, I was watching the starting nine stream, the Barstool stream with the Dallas Braden 
and Jared Carabas, and they had uh, Brian Wilson making a surprise appearance last night as well. Neither one of them thought that that ball was getting out, but Corey Seager just has such incredible raw power. I mean, he, just a prime example of the Dodgers' ability to develop talent as well as anybody. I mean, he, he was such a highly touted prospect, and it really is amazing their hit rate, because most organizations, even organizations that hoard prospects that, you know, will, will rebuild or draft really well, that have five, six, seven prospects in the top 100 at one time, will have a few guys that just don't pan out. And yes, I've said it before, that will be the case for the Tigers as well. I don't know who it's going to be. I have my suspicions. But some of those guys just aren't going to turn out to be very productive major league players. The fact that they've had so many homegrown guys, Seager, Peterson, Bellinger, Kershaw, Bueller, Gonsolin, Urias. I mean, the, the list is is endless. Kenley Jansen, I think, came from their system. Like, And all of these guys... Most of them highly touted guys that have all turned into, if not serviceable major league ball players, stud, like all-star, Hall of Fame caliber major league ball players. That is an incredible hit rate. And it's why there is a part of me that just wants them to win one World Series because even I'm kind of tired of, of talking about their failures because every organization in baseball is lying to themselves if they wouldn't trade what they currently have for what the Dodgers have. That is, in terms of how the front office is run, how they spend their money, how they draft, how they scout, how they develop, it is the best organization in baseball. You can make the strong argument it's the best organization in sports. I mean, they're that deep and that good. I'm going to save my Game 3 preview for tomorrow's show, but I will say whoever wins Game 3 will win this series. One hidden secret that I've noticed in my time watching postseason baseball is that a team breaks when their ace gets rocked. I, I have so many examples of this. The Dodgers have so many examples of that. When Kershaw got rocked in the postseason, that's a game that you pencil in as a W that turns into an L, changes everything. Like I remember a couple years ago, and I, there's a million examples of this. There's a million examples of it with the Tigers. Tigers were rolling in 2012. Guess what? Verlander got rocked when he seemed invincible. Boom. Series over. Right there. In 2017, you had the Red Sox facing off against the Astros in the first round of the postseason. Verlander versus Sale. It's like, all right, whoever wins this game one is going to set the tone, not just for this series, but for the whole postseason. Sale gets rocked. Verlander deals. Astros go on to win the World Series. Red Sox lose that series. You have Charlie Morton and Walker Bueller, who have been the best starting pitchers for each one of these baseball teams in October so far. Walker Bueller's been a godsend. His performance in Game 6 of the NLCS was about as gutsy as it gets. I mean, pitched into some high-leverage situations, went six scoreless. He was great. Charlie Morton, what can you say about the guy? He's 3-0 this postseason, 5-0 and as a member of the Tampa Bay Rays in the postseason. You know what's weird about him, too, is he didn't have a very good regular season. I mean, he barely pitched. He started opening day for him, but was injured early on. You could tell he wasn't fully healthy, but he's come back with a vengeance. He's been great. I think one of these guys is going to take an L when these two teams play on Friday. I don't know who it's going to be. I'll talk about that probably a little bit more on tomorrow's show, but two of the the most talented pitchers in baseball in terms of pure stuff. I don't know. There, there's not many better than Walker Bueller. I know my prediction game has been pretty darn weak this postseason, but I'm confident when I say that whoever wins Game 3 is going to end up winning the World Series. 
we got a series. I couldn't be more excited about it. Last night was a fun ball game, and after that dud of uh, that was game one, I was a bit concerned that this might be a short series. Uh, it, it doesn't look that way now, and I'm very grateful for that. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You know, I was thinking, this is the longest stretch I've gone without sending out a single tweet in probably 10 years. So since I was 15. Like, that's a long time. But I will be back with... Uh, post-game videos this Saturday. Also, in the link to my Twitter page, you can find the link to my YouTube channel there. You can subscribe uh, for all the movie reviews that I'm posting. I think they've been really good. I like making them. I think they're a lot of fun, so subscribe there. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a five-star written review of this show. That would be much, much appreciated. I will be right back here tomorrow to cover uh, various assortment of topics and, of course, preview Game 3 of the World Series. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.